Welcome to the Tom Castro Shooting Academy podcast. You have now entered the next level. But that being said, let's talk about the match a little bit. So from everything that you know about the match, and I know my answer, what would you tell people they need to practice? Mm, well, I'm going to tell you right now. If you shot last year's match, you're probably going to have the same similar style of the match. You're going to have a lot of throttle control because I am building all the stages. Oh, I will have my hands. Oh, no, no, not by myself. No way. And you didn't even let me finish. You jerk way to cut me off. So now I look like I'm being a dick. Well, uh, yeah. I, I will have my hands on every stage like I did last year. Um, and I, I, I promise you it will not be a hoser match. You no. will have some hose, but I guarantee you, you will have a lot of throttle control where you have to really control everything. You got it. You're going to go fast. You're going to go. You're going to be accurate. You're going to have distance. It's it's going to be a throttle control match. The stages that we have designed, I might have had a few of them in the match, so I kind of know what's on those, um, and how I kind of had those designed in my brain. Um, but I got to tell you, man. I like all the stages. There was not a single stage that we put in, in the match that I was like, ah, that one's kind of mediocre. Um, mm-hmm. If anything, I had a couple stages that I built that I was like, I don't like that anymore. <laughs> no, I've done, I've designed uh, stages. I look at two days later. I'm like, trash. that's trash. Yeah, <laughs> that's trash. So, I mean, some of it is one of those things where, because it's a level two, you can't change it all. You can, but you don't really want to. So like, couple of those stages that I designed, I was like, that we didn't end up using. I was like, man, I, I probably would have done something different now. You know, I'm like, you're coming up with 10, 11 stages for a match just to give it to, to submit. Mm-hmm. And you're like, kind of get brain fried after like six or seven. And then it was like eight, nine and 10 might've been, eh, I don't know. <laughs> the other thing yeah. that's different about this, um, about building stages for this match is you have some bay limitations. So there's one stage, I think it's 10. You have to worry about uh, a sidewall of rocks. There's a lot of rocks that skip. Um, You have structures in the way, which structures are usually pretty easy to get around um, because you just kind of adjust some targets, move some walls. You you don't have to be perfect with the stage. It doesn't have to look exact. You know, if you move something a foot left or foot right, it's really not that big of a deal. Um, If you add some, add some barrels, it's, it's not that big of a deal, but uh Definitely lots of movement. I will promise you that you're probably going to every corner on every stage. Um, yes, at least mine are like, you're going to every corner in that stage. You're going to use some, every bit of real estate, which I made you do last year. Um, yeah, I mean, you better be ready to aim. You're going to have to, yep. you've got to, yeah, it is, isn't it? Right. Was I right? Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure about that. We'll see. You got to go. You got to go to the corners on every yeah. stage. Come on. Um, yeah, I mean, we have a, a an amazing variety of of things. I don't. Unfortunately, we have a uh, an unloaded start because Todd forced us to do that, um, which is stupid. What else do we have? Is there anything else you forced us to do that was dumb? Um, all my all my ideas are awesome. The yeah. what was it? The first year I knew you. We got to go back to this. You got to post a video link to this. Also, you know what I'm talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. All my stages were perfect that you made. So, yeah, no, I'm talking about the first year that I think you and I. Were I know friends. what you're talking about. It's when I dropped my magazine running up to some because you yeah. forced, forced all the uh, magazines on the barrel. 
So, hey, dude, all that did was make me better. Now I know to grab that mag and hold it as I run. <laughs> <laughs> like a dumbass. So, yeah, I dropped my magazine on a 400-yard run up to the front. So Todd was super happy to see me lose that because of that. Just because of that was his stage, too. He's like, ah. I was actually, I think I was watching it with Duda. You were watching. Yeah. It was yeah, real- we were, Duda and I were there watching. I'm like, oh, he's going to be mad at me. Yeah. No, I mean, I screwed it up. No one else. Like, I don't get yeah. mad at somebody else for my shit. It's like, dude, it was a great stage, too. I love that stage. I mean, I needed to win that stage. I think I was shooting open at the time, wasn't I? You were, because that's yeah. why it yeah. hit your thighs when you're running. Oh, it cost me the match, dude. Michael, uh, Mike Wang was smashing it that day. I, I, We were right there, neck and neck, the entire day. And he just, he, at that point, he murdered me on that one. So I think I dropped, like, two spots because of that. So again, that's my fault. Like, it, it is what yep. it is, but... Yeah, great, great match. That was fun too. That was when Lucky was helping, right? Or, or in yeah. charge, and you were helping him. Lucky was running. Lucky was section coordinator. I think it was the first year I ran it kind of solo and with him just helping out as he could. But yeah. he was definitely the, that was his RO team on that stage. Nice. Okay. A, Go ahead, finish. No, I don't remember. You interrupted. Okay, good. But, I interrupted for some spice. You ready? Let's get into it. All right, last thing. So no, Todd, I got more things. This isn't the last oh, thing. Just so oh, you know. go ahead. We've only been on the podcast for three hours, so I've got. I know. Hey, you, you got three drops off of this one, so yeah. you're good. <laughs> okay, go. So the one thing that you didn't hit on, I think everybody might want to practice small poppers. Oh yeah, that's right. I'm that's right. I'm having to borrow small poppers. Thank you, Eddie, at Spartanburg Practical Shooting over and more slash Spartanburg, whatever city you want to call it. I'm literally having to borrow small poppers for this match. Never had to do that before. So there's a lot of reasons we're doing it. You don't have to calibrate them as much. They're a little bit more challenging. Um, We will still have large poppers, but the majority of them this year will be small poppers. So you might want to practice that, and you're going to have to leave on some small poppers. So you might want to get in your head. I know I suck at this personally, where I will try to leave that steel before I've actually shot this steel. So you might want to practice that a little bit. Yeah. I, um, I'm pretty sure I was a big part of that. Yeah. <laughs> that I might be my fault. Wanted, last year it was, everybody wanted the 45 degree targets without talking this year. Everybody wanted a bunch of steel. So it might be my fault. There's a lot of steel on some stages. Those might be mine. Yeah. Um, it might be my fault that we have all mini poppers. I know for sure I said that I wanted that for all the stages. Um, there's still there's some large, but there's more majority minis. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure we only have minis. The only thing we have that are bigger. Uh, we got some larges. I'm uh, we need we need to get rid of those. Um, <laughs> so I personally think that uh, at some point the big poppers are going to have to go. I think that's where all of the calibration problems come in. I think it puts a ton of stress on your staff physically as well as uh, mentally because now they have to constantly check the thing. A mini popper is very, very, very rare. If you hit anywhere in the scoring zone, hell, even in the bottom of the scoring zone, um, that it's not going to go over. So I personally think that to save yourself a lot of heartache as a match director, that you just don't use big steel. The only time big steel is probably really, really important is if you are going to have activators. Uh, but again, I also think that I have seen enough mini poppers work 
for activation, but you just have to make sure they're locked. You can't have the type that they have to be on a base. You mm -hmm. can't have the free flowing because they turn and twist, um, which it's isn't hard to get. Straight forward or straight back. Yeah, straight forward or straight back. Um, forward falling, rear falling, doesn't matter. They they all work great. And it's very, very rare other than shooting a cable that a mini popper doesn't fall. So it gives you a very, very, very high percentage of, you know, a, a great working match. So yeah, I, I forgot about how much steel we put up, dude. I, I totally forgot about that because I put a lot of steel on. I mean, I think I have an average of six to seven steel on every stage for that I designed. So there's steel. Yeah. So yeah, I put another thing that <laughs> I like steel like guys. A, staple of the South Carolina section match is the Holy Monkey. Yes, this, we did. Did we do a double year, this year or just one? Huh, just one. Just but one. so this story is kind of funny to me, at least, because every year since Hopkins has came into the area, he's always bitched about the Holy Monkey. I hate that thing. I hate that thing. So Tyler and I are driving to a match and I get this text from Hopkins and I already know he's doing the stages and everything. He's like, <laughs> I want the Holy Monkey. I'm like, and I'm driving, and I kind of looked at that. I had the wrong number. <laughs> I literally handed my phone to Tyler. I'm like, read that back to me. Yeah, you make sure you read it right. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, Tyler's like, he said he wanted the Holy Monkey. I'm like, is that from Hopkins? And he's like, yeah, because I'm in disbelief, disbelief yeah. at this point. So Hopkins put a good stage together for it. something that I wouldn't even do on the Holy Monkey. So when you see Hopkins around, if you're in this area, ask him about it. Yeah. It, it's gonna be fun <laughs> yeah i like dude i'll tell you i like uh i like what matt does for stages a lot of the times i really do dude yeah. i think his stage was the one we kept throwing all the crazy shit at it like we were just trying to make it harder and harder and harder but and it, harder and it, harder <laughs> it was hard enough but yeah we i think yeah. we backed off a little bit of some of the stuff we were doing but well i dude, think we finally came to our senses and said bro we only have three minutes per shooter <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> like we just kept throwing shit at it and i'm like let's do an unloaded start like because you kept wanting to do a damn unloaded start and a surrender and all i'm like hey you might as well do it all on one stage and just ruin yeah. the whole stage <laughs> make it just ever it's either win or lose the whole match on this one stage so Yep. Yeah, it was uh that was a fun night of of going through the stages. Yep, and then we're bringing the not the quad bobbers, but the double bobbers back, and then we're having a drop turner and a swinger in the match. Um, target wise, it's going to be the same as it was last year. Half of them are Ipsic, half of them are USPSA. So you're gonna have five stages of each. So if you like one or you don't like one, guess what? You get five of each. So. I mean, the flavors are very much the same, but just some hints to look at. We'll have the matchbook out as we get closer and everything because we want to have the sponsors in it and all that. But just some stuff to practice movement, uh, small steel, got a holy monkey, set it up, practice. Yeah, I'm sure everybody owns a holy monkey. <laughs> I know. I think we're the only range in the area that has one. <laughs> yeah, you got two of them, don't you? Yep, actually three, three but yeah. Three, there you go. Perfect. Uh, what else you got? Um, I think that's it on the stages talk, but I just wanted to make sure we talked about the match. Uh, the match is secondary to the venue. Oh, I know. I don't Whatever, care about But match. yeah, we have awesome. one. <laughs> I think, wait, I think Matt's got it on here. We've got one, two, three, four, five different stage designers this year. So every we year. the same last year. We had a lot last year too, right? I had a I lot less stages last, last year. But this year it's five stage designers on it um so definitely and that's one of the things i love about it, and i asked matt to make sure we kind of did 
and he even solicited some stages from some other people that I had in the past. Didn't end up using them, but it's definitely had some more selection on that. And I don't want the same person designing the whole match. I want different flavors, different people doing it and everything. So we got five stage designers in it and you'll see it. So, yeah, I think we have, um, that's one of my favorite things about, you know, you allow us to kind of go at it and do what we want to do with the stages and you do the final approval, but you kind of let us, you let us just go wild and do what we want to do. And like last year's ramp stage, that was not like that. When I first got on it, when we started building it, it turned into that. Uh, the four bobbers, that's exactly what I had envisioned. And you were like, good luck with that, dude. And then I made it work. Thanks to Hopkins. Like Hopkins showed me how to connect them. Like they were going to work no matter what, but he made it to where I would not have any issues with where it would repeat itself over and over and over again. And, uh, like, that's the thing, man, you, you just, it's really awesome when you go in and everybody kind of works together. Like last year, Hopkins and I would never work together before. And we started throwing ideas at each other and we were changing things left and right. And it was never about who's in charge or, or any of that. It, it was really, really great. Um, dude, I remember one moment last year when I was like, Todd, what are you doing here? Get out of here. And you're like, um, I have to be here. The range masters walk in the stage and I go, oh Yeah. I was like, cause I was like, I know you had so much other shit to do. And I was like, why well, are you here? Get out of here. <laughs> and you were yelling at me for using my arm and you're like, yes, why are you I, here? I'm like, yeah. this is the one part of the whole thing. I have to be here for. And you're trying to kick me out. I'm like, oh, it's like you even laughed at that one. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> get you to stop picking stuff up with one arm. So I was like, get out of here, dude. You're already hurt. You don't need to be hurt more. So, cause I knew the more you did was the worse it was going to get. And I was still, yep. I had hopes that you were going to actually shoot the match, which that didn't happen. So, but I'm excited you get to do it this year, man. It's, it's pretty exciting. You get to, well, if you just stay away from actually laboring again, that'll probably help too. So yeah, the match, the month before I can't drop any steel on myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I got a little spice. I want to add to the podcast here at the end, even though it's probably a hour number three. All right. So I just kind of want a little insight from you about what you're going through as the South Carolina sectional you're the director of South Carolina. You are the South Carolina sectional, uh, guy, whatever. Yeah. So I, I really am, am liking what you're doing as the South Carolina sectional. Um, I guess that's the coordinator. Is that what they call yep. you guys? Okay. Yep, there's coordinator. Um, so I'm not liking what I'm seeing with some of the stuff that's going on out there. I, I, um, I agree that match directors and everybody should stand together. Um, I'm liking a lot of that, but I don't like some of the wording, how it's uh, being pushed onto people and uh, you know, you're being, people are talking bad about you cause you're not joining in or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to, no, no, wait. I won't talk no, about other you. section coordinators and what on. they're doing. Hold on, I'll hold talk on. about what I'm doing and why yeah. I'm doing it the way I'm doing it. Right, right. Hold on. Does that have anything to do with you? This is just me, what I'm seeing, and kind of what I feel. I know, but um, I so, what I love about what you're doing, Todd, is that you are not giving your opinion. You are asking for your opinion, and how it's supposed to be. If you are an area director or a um, a sectional director, a sectional coordinator, you are supposed to ask your, I don't know, what do they call it? I'm, I'm so brain dead right now. People, 
You're supposed to think yeah, constituents. The, there you go. Perfect. Thank you for being smarter than me right now. Uh, I actually said it right. So we're yes, good. you're supposed to be talking to your constituents and asking them what they want. Your job is to be their voice, not to be their dictator, which yep. which is hilarious to me because the thing that everybody's complaining about the most is that the area directors are dictating <laughs> everything that's going on. And then people go on and go, if you don't stop running USPSA matches, you shouldn't be an area director. You shouldn't be a match director. You shouldn't be this. Everything that we hate as the 2A community, we always seem to have those same people become that in our sport, in our shooting in two way it always amazes me the people that we hate the most or that we say we hate the most that always tells us you can't have guns you can't do this you can't do that are the same people that are in our sport doing exactly the same thing it amazes me that if you don't agree with them 100 that they magically find a way to shit talk about you say that you're a piece of crap make up things about you you name it. It always amazes me that those people are in our sport, but they're the same people that are talking bad about the other side that hates us. Yep. And I don't know, for me, I'll just walk a little bit through December on what I personally went through. And so December, the week of December 23rd, I remember the 23rd because I was on the phone for 10 hours that day, literally for 10 hours. But wait, 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 hold on a second. Do you get paid for that? Huh? What? That's funny. Yeah. Uh, just, that's what I was thinking too. <laughs> so, but I mean, we all know what's going on with area three. I don't want to get dive into the details. Yeah, You don't need to do details. Just, they know. Yeah. So area three and all that. And I, what I didn't want to happen and what I was hearing was going to happen is a week after Christmas that there was going to be a meeting where more changes and more quote unquote stuff for the new board to deal with was going to happen. So I just sent off an email, tried to word it as professionally as I could off to the board, just asking them not to have any meetings, not to make any changes, and to let the incoming president, Yimin, and the only one that wasn't on the board at that time was Ben Barry for Area 6 and Bruce Wells was going out, not to make any more changes, to let them listen to everybody in USPSA and then to go forth and do that. And one of the things that I did on that, and I talked to, I mean, I've talked to all the local guys on this, and I talked to, um, Hopkins even called me that morning, and we talked in depth for probably, I don't remember how much, but we talked a little bit, and he's like, I was like, I'm not going to tell my people what to do. And he's like, do you know what? He's like, do you know what your people want you to do? I'm like, honestly, I was like, I know our core people and the Hopkins is part of that, even though he's down in Columbia and stuff like that, that'll reach out and talk to me. I'm like, but I didn't. And he goes, well, why don't you do a survey? And I'm like, that's a pretty damn good idea. <laughs> yeah. And you're so, Mr. Survey guy. I'm surprised you didn't think of that right away. I know, right. But <laughs> <laughs> you're always a do them surveys for the so that, I mean, awesome. idea came from him. And yeah. I even put it in the email because I had it, had it done. This is an earlier in the morning, earlier nine ish, probably on the 23rd, because I talked to, because of the area three thing, a lot of different people up to that point, and then talked to Matt that morning. And it kind of, I knew what I wanted to do. 
I didn't want to tell my people what to do and all that, but I didn't know how to do it. And I don't know the light just after I got off the phone with Matt about an hour later, everything kind of formalized in my brain. That's when I did the survey. That's when I sent the email off to the board. Um, there were, I was got some good responses back from the board that I, I mean, I talked to Layton. He called me. We talked for a couple, when I say it, a couple hours, I mean, a couple hours um, about USPSA as a whole, um, what I thought we needed to do, what he thought we needed to do. Um, every board member that I talked to, I was talking about what we do at the section match. I was blending that in. And for the most part, every board member that I listened, talked to had an open mind, which was very refreshing. And it's one of the things that I made the point, And when I talked to them that when we talked and I told them this and I, they agreed that, and it's, I don't know if it's my generation thing, but I see it a lot, a lot, especially on social media. And I hate this. I don't have to agree with you to be your friend. Exactly. I don't have to agree with you yeah. to be in USPSA. I don't have to agree with you, if, which is better USPSA, IDPA, right, PCSL. Right. We already know. Agree. We already yeah. know it's USPSA. I mean, it's anyway, but <laughs> I agree. But I don't have to. Oh, let's fight, baby. <laughs> yeah, I can have a difference of opinion, but if you're listening to the other side, yeah. what their opinion is, it's always going to give you a better view of what right. you're trying to do. And I mean, that's why the matches got better in some senses, because I like to listen to what we're doing. That's why I do the survey and all this other stuff. But then I talked to Lakin for a little bit. I'd already talked to Ben Barry and Yi Min prior to this. But after this, um, then Frank Frizzy called me. Um, area, area 2 and Area 7, I want to say, off the top of my head. Had a good hour-long conversation with Frank. Um, Frank, for I very direct, Frank's a New Yorker, very direct, very good conversation. And I really appreciated both those guys calling and talking to them. Um, Honestly, guys, they're open to talking to anybody that wants to talk. They probably don't want me saying that, but they <laughs> are. Um, block, um, block, block. <laughs> I know. Ben Barry, um, I talked to him during that week. I'm not kidding, probably three different times. And at one point, I think, well, you man and Ben both did this to me because when I'm passionate about something, I'm talking. And sometimes when I'm upset, I just talk and talk and talk. And they both said it to me, not realizing they did it. They're like, what can we do for you, Todd? Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, oh, am I repeating myself? Am yes. I talking in circles again? But the fact that they were there listening to us talking about it, regardless of what happens, and I don't have a crystal ball. I think from reading everything, there's ways that they can reverse it. There's ways that say they can, that they can't. But regardless of what they're doing, if the hip hacker match is a revolution, whatever you want to call it, they're listening. I promise you, every one of these guys that I talked to are listening. I think they were listening before all this stuff happened. And uh, back, not, I don't want to say vacuum, but it just happened the way it did. Oh, and I talked to Russell Fortney that day because I need to talk to him about some other, about the match and some stuff that I wanted to talk to him about and make sure he understood. I talked to Gary McConnell about it. I talked to South Carolina section members in between all this. I mean, constituents and everything on that day and it's they were all good conversations there wasn't anybody saying they hate the USPSA is what it all boiled down to is and the board is listening to this is 
we don't hate USPSA. We hate sometimes the double standards of following the bylaws or not following the bylaws. Some of them have admitted to, well, all of them admitted to like the mail thing with the Yemen thing when he didn't have his RO. They should have handled that different. And all of them that were on the board told me that. They're like, we have made mistakes. They're listening. I think USPSA is going to be around for the long haul. I've talked to like some of the senior match directors in my area. And they're like, look, we've been through this before. The only difference is right now their social media. So I will tell you, Dan, I, I, I will say something that I don't know if anybody's been through. I've been here five years. So this is the first time I've ever dealt with this. Um, I truly don't give a shit about these politics at all. Um, what I'm really liking, I'm liking how everybody's joining together. I like how these match directors are having conversations. These match directors are making decisions because at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter who the board is. The decisions that are made obviously are affecting some things, but they don't truly affect our sport. Like they don't affect our everyday sport. Our sport is boots on the ground. The guys that volunteer, the guys that build matches. I, I would, I'm, I agree with a lot of things that are out there. I really do. And I know people probably don't think so because I refuse to grab my pitchfork and my torch and be at the gate all the time. The problem is, is there's never a quiet moment. There is never a chance for anything to be fixed. It's that it's screwed up. It's this, it's that it's always negative, 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 negative. And then eventually it just stays negative because they're like, well, yep. screw it. If we're going to be shit on all the time, why would we fix it? Um, honestly, the other thing is, and, and, and this is kind of one of the biggest mistakes I see going on right now is we don't really know what's going on. Like myself, I don't know what the bylaws are. I'm not, I don't care to know what the bylaws are either for me to sit down and read them. So for me to stand here and go, it's this, it's that, this is the problem. This is, I don't know because I don't care. It's not important to me. What's important to me is my friends shooting yep. these matches, creating great matches, making a great match in South Carolina. Um, you know, I stopped running my local match period because I couldn't get help. That's why I stopped running the match. Okay. So right now, um, I would love to see some changes in USPSA. I don't know if they structurally can make those changes, but I could not get help. Okay. I, I was shorthanded on help constantly. Um, I, the match director who took over the match behind me is always asking for help, always asking for help. Now they're finding some here and there, but they're always asking for help because there's you, you again, it's the same two, three people. It's the same two or three people here, two or three people there, five or six over here. Listen, I just came back from Richmond, uh, California. That gun club is the top shooting club in the USPSA. And you want to talk about a nightmare of getting help. They have 150 shooters in that club every single weekend that they have a USPSA match. It's sold out. Okay. Sold out. They're lucky if they get 10 people to build stages, 15 people to build stages. Imagine 150 people show up to a match and you're lucky to get 10 people to show and help. That's insane. I would have maybe two or three guys help me with a uh, 60 to a 60 person match. Uh, you, you gotta like, it's, it's insane. And we do nothing. USPSA does nothing as an organization to reward or to help clubs. Um, all the steel that I owned 
in in my for my match was bought by the range. Not me, the range. So the range had to take money and put it out of their pocket and then gain that back. Well, guess what? Now the range has to wait, get their money back. What happens if they don't want to wait? Some of these clubs aren't around because they don't want to spend the money or these clubs aren't aren't created because they don't want to spend the money for $10,000 in steel, $5,000 in steel. Um, you, you name it. They don't want to put the money out. A swinger costs five or $600. And <laughs> I mean, being section coordinator and it's not really, there's my eyes were open. We've got seven active clubs here in South Carolina. And when I first took over, I made sure that I reached out at least attempted to and talked to some of them. I haven't been to all the ranges at that point and I'm making an, effort to do it but i'm still working on that but talking to them and i know and i've talked to match directors that have folded in the past every club's different i'm very blessed to be at belt and gun club where we our matches pay for themselves because we have like matches that use a lot of the same equipment and everything else and belt and gun club is very we believe in the vision of competitions drive membership and it drives the two way availability and everything. So, and it does happen, but I've also talked to other clubs where they're paying the club to have their local match. <laughs> that local club is making them carry insurance, mm -hmm. which I mean, they probably, they do need to carry the insurance, but that club's not providing it. They have to provide it. They're providing their own target sticks. They're on providing their own, target stands or own targets and some of these clubs out there these are not making any money and i've seen matches fold because the match director was doing all this work and they were taking money out of their pocket to do it that wasn't necessarily in the last well it has been the last couple of years it wasn't and in the fact that it happens at all though bro like this is what I people don't understand uh it, the fact that it happens at all i i just don't think people understand that this stuff doesn't go up by itself. And when you have a, a take, take, take culture, which was what we have coming in, because we're not building a culture of give back anymore. It's just take, take, take. Like, I know people hate when I get into this conversation, but staff reset, boys and girls, it's it's starting to catch up in the, in the Southeast. It's starting to catch up in area six. It's harder and harder to get staff, harder and harder to get good staff. Harder and harder to get people to show up when they're supposed to show up. Hard to get people to build matches when when you know South Carolina is going to be built in every year. You, you know, again, it's, it, it, I mean, I'm coming from Florida to volunteer. Like last year, last year, if I wasn't there, uh, there's no way that things get done as fast as they are because Todd had one arm. So now he's a completely out of, I can't help. I mean, trust me, he had plenty of other shit to do, but it's like, dude, now you got one less guy with an arm, right? He can't pick up the same stuff. Da, da, da. So it's like, man, if I wasn't there, where's the other able body? We got to find that able body somewhere else. Right. And it's not that it's not because it's me. It's because it's anybody able body. Right. Like, and I, and I work hard and I, and I understand how the stages work and this and that, all these things. Like it's just, I, I see it all the time, man. It's it's pretty crazy. You got one dude walking around with a hammer in his hand. He doesn't do shit, it, but but he's there. Cool. Like you know, it's just at some point, at some point, things have to change, and the only way that changes is if we change it. We change the culture. The board directors doesn't change a damn thing. 
They don't change and they shouldn't be changing anything. It's us that should be making the changes. It's us that should be telling the board of directors that we voted in what we want to see done. Yep. And I mean, but we don't. I went through and Ryan Flowers, when he started Belt and Gun Clubs, USPSA management, he was setting up the stages by himself. I'm not by himself with he and his girlfriend, sometimes his parents. His but this is what I mean, dude. It took one guy. It took one guy to start it. And now look what happened. You took it, it over. The next guy takes it over. The next guy takes it over. Yeah. This is how it works. It's it's you, you, you teach people how to do it correctly, or you teach people how to run a match. Then the next person comes in and puts their flavor on it, or is more like you're super organized. Ryan seems super. I haven't seen him run a match, but I guarantee he's super organized. So mm -hmm. it's like, boom, boom. You teach people like, look, everything goes back where it belongs. So you can find it for the next match. All the walls go here. All the steel goes here. You don't just chuck the shit into the building. Right. Because as soon as that happens, it's over. Like the match is gone because now you're you're running around looking for stuff and people go, well, screw this, man. I, I'm just going to put out an easy stage with two walls and a couple of a paper and we're done, which yeah. happens all the time. So as soon as the match turns into that, it, it, it's over. I won't even go back. I won't even go back. I see this. I see this in one of the most popular clubs in this country. I saw that when I left. After building some stuff, I left and I looked at the next week's match and I was like, ugh, <laughs> like, let's make it a little bit easier. Why don't we? Right. Because you, you just have, everybody's pulling at each other's, like nobody wants to work together anymore. It seems like, and it's just that to me, that's the big change I've seen in our sport in the last five years. It didn't used to be like that. Now um, you offer your services to go work at nationals to help design, help build. And you get shut down because it's, you're not one of their boys. You're not one of their favorite people. You're not this, you're not that. It's like, wow, I build matches year round. I, I design stages for all kinds of matches and I don't even get a shot. I don't, you know what I mean? It's like, and this isn't me personally. I see this all the time. I've talked to people that are working at nationals and I was like, oh man, did you help build? They got, nah, they got their own crew. Really? <laughs> yep. I think, and I'm not going to speak for you men, but and I don't know all the ins and outs of what he's doing with that, but he is developing a team and he is looking at doing more of that. I can't say, I don't know exactly what's on his agenda. All for that, I can but say I, about that dude is we'll see. I've been hearing this for, I've been hearing this for five years about nationals. Now I would say the last two years is when I really noticed it because this is when I've really started to pay attention more and more to the match director area, maybe three years. Um, uh, I, I've been waiting for, for, for nationals to change for the last three years, dude. And it's the same people in charge, the same, same stuff with the vendors. Why do you think I'm here doing South Carolina with you, bro? I want to change you. it. I'm I'm sick of it. I, I just, it, and again, why should I care? I don't make money off the vendor area. I don't make money running this match with you. Actually, shit, I lose money. I'm coming up there for an entire week, my own gas money, my own food, all yep. this stuff. I pay for all that shit myself to come here a week ahead of time to build this match because I know the change happens on the ground. It doesn't happen in that board or director's meeting. It doesn't happen on the internet where people are talking shit that don't volunteer at all. It happens on the ground where we make the actual changes. Yep, and it's not easy, and I can speak to that because – Ryan had a good thing going. When I took it over, we were only doing matches on the fifth weekend. And then we moved into a slot that 
Eddie over at Spartanburg was nice enough to move his match to the third weekend because I couldn't because of stuff that was at Belton. So I took right. the fourth weekend at that point. And it took a lot to build it. I mean, when I started at that point, it was me, Tyler, Randy, and Vince. That was it. And we were at that point, we only had the Friday to set up the matches. And we were literally exhausted when on Saturday. And <laughs> I mean, our legs would be done. I couldn't. Yeah. I mean, Hopkins will tell you I never breathe hard anyway, but I, <laughs> that's because you hold your breath the entire time you shoot. Exactly, that's it. But anyway, the damn turtle, but anyway. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, where was I going? But it takes time to build it, and I mean, building it and doing it and having the section match helped, and not everybody can do that. But I will be honest: the thing that really helped me turn it is the idea I came with and I can't tell your other local clubs out there enough talk to your sponsors I know I was very blessed because we had the section people and people that believed in it but if you talk to these sponsors they're going to throw you a bone it might not be exactly what you're wanting or anything but talk to local people talk to people that are involved in your local community and the 2a community and stuff like that I mean talk to your workmates and stuff like that what can you do to do it because I mean, to me, and this number, and I'll repeat it again, still is amazing because I just talked to when we, I took it over, we had four people that were helping out really day in and day out. We'd have a few coming out. I had 19 people last year, 19 people in 62 instances. I really believe it's because of the sponsors. I mean, the sponsors, I had people show up that I didn't even know knew where Belt and Gun Club was. Uh, it's probably something to do with your crappy leadership, but uh, you know, that could be something too, dude. You don't give yourself enough credit for that. You don't, this stuff doesn't, it's very easy to work for you because everything's organized. There's no confusion. You give them an opportunity to grow as shooters. You allow them to design stages, build stages the way they want to build them. You come in, make sure they're safe and all that stuff. That's something that you don't see a lot. Some of these ranges, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I don't even want to talk about the club, but I, I have been to a range recently that is absolutely stuck in their ways. They will, they don't like new stages. They don't like difficult stages. They don't want far stages. Um, one of the main guys was talking shit online about how the match, he didn't like the way one of his match director or one of the stage designer was building stages that I'm going to tell you guys, if you're a match director in this sport, the, one of the reasons you struggle to get help, because this happened to me, when I first started, I would come in, I would build all these stages and I would build things that I wanted to work on. Difficult, long distance, moving and shooting, uh, unloaded starts, whatever it is I sucked at, I was working on by building those stages and I got fought and fought and fought and fought with people left and right about my stage designs. Oh, we don't do backing up here because somebody could DQ. Well, shit, they DQ running forward. So what's the difference? If you don't learn how to back up and, and draw your gun, you're never going to learn. Where else would you do it? Alone. Local. All these things that I was told not to be able to do. So when I started building my match and somebody had a stage design, I was like, bro, go get it. Design your stage. I, I, I'll come in just to make sure it's safe. If there's things that I can teach you to make it a better stage, I'll show you. But it was never do what I want. It was do what you want, and then we'll make it fit or make it work in the match. If the dude wanted a bunch of hoser stuff, that was fine too. That didn't bother me. Why would I Why would I be mad that the guy's trying to do better and make good stages or volunteer? Just teach people. 
problem is, is you got those guys out there that once they get in charge of something, it's like, oh my God, it's a gun range. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, and I, it gets I crazy. Know. I think it's, well, we're not in it's a, crazy, bro. It is. And I, I still think I'm blessed with the people around me because I've been able to step back to actually officially now as the match director, the local match director at Belton Gun Club, where Chris Holiday in the last six months, year really stepped up. And the more, I think his first match that he ran was when we were all at Nationals. He mm-hmm. ran that match. And then he just, he's like, I really enjoy, I really enjoy the giving the back and doing this. And the more we talked and the more we did it, I'm like, my focus is really turning to major matches. I mean, with area six, with South Carolina, with the war match. And I was like, I'm still running this. I was like, if you want this, I'm not going anywhere, but run it. And he's really taking over and he's doing the same thing that I'm doing, taking the input and all that. And I will like, I've given him hints and stuff like, Hey, we need to do this and stuff like that, but I'm not going anywhere. I'm very lucky that he's there. Tyler's there to run it. Randy Meadows is there. I mean, I could talk about him all Vince Putty. Um, I'm sure these guys are happy that you're finally not in charge. They can get a really good match on the the weekend. Jeez. Anyway, Adrian (laughs) and Aaron Donovan. um, Yeah. Linda Mitchell. I'm going to forget names now that I'm calling them out, but those are a lot of the core people that really help out. And I'm very blessed to have that crowd there. So, yeah, you're lucky for sure. You get it's a, but I mean, again, I keep saying you're, you're a big part of that, dude. I know you don't like taking credit for it, but uh, you do a really good job. It's very organized. You're very easy to work with. Um, you know, I know I give you a lot of shit just to make fun and have a good time. But again, it's, you know, I've already, already said that in the podcast once before, but yeah. uh, it can't be, it cannot be expressed enough on how much you do for that club, how much you do for Belton Gun Club in general. Like you, you are a giant part of that place and you have built it into what it is right now. And I mean, like I, like you said it, you took it from Ryan and then, you know, step, step, step. Now, you know, Chris, Chris took it over. Um, but you're right there. You know, it's, you're a big part. So now it's, uh, it's time for South Carolina, baby. I'm, I'm excited. So two months, um, you're going to hear about this match for the next two months before we even shoot it. Um, that's, that's what we do. We, we promote this thing yep. at least once a week, if not almost every day. So we, uh, I'm excited. I'm excited, yep. dude. So now that I have three podcasts, maybe it'll all get out there before the actual match. What <laughs> so, is your time we're at right now? I can't, I have it. no idea what time we even started, dude. When was the last time you texted me? That's when I'll know. Hold on. Let me see. You texted me. So I texted Henning at 7.30. So two and a half hours, well, two hours, two and a half minutes. It's 10.16 right now. Yeah. So three hours, dude. <laughs> I got three podcasts out of this. Okay. One last thing, and then I'm done. I'm trying to bring Henning in as well for a sponsor. So I almost forgot. I, I didn't get a chance to talk to him, but... Uh, I'm trying to bring Henning in as well. And if you know about me, I use almost all of his stuff. So I'm super excited about that. Oh, I guess we'll have to save it for the next podcast. I have another vendor that I'm bringing in that we haven't talked about because they haven't, I don't have hundred percent confirmation. I guess I'll say them big dog steel carnivore holsters. It's a holster company that I started using. I will definitely be having a couple of those. Hopefully that everybody could try at the range. Um, those might be a raffle prize, just so you know. Might be adding that to the raffle prize. But uh, super excited about them. They are a locking holster. I 
don't usually change my gear and I got a chance to try this holster. Really, 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 really loving it right now. Isaac Lockwood's using it for a ridiculous, stupid scoop draw, uh, super fast. So the fact that he's getting a scoop draw and I do a pluck draw just tells you that 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 holster is pretty solid. And I love that it locks. That's one of my favorite things about it. As a, as a coach, I've, I trip and fall a lot on things like I'm turning around, talking to people, blah, blah, blah go to bend up, bend over and pick up a magazine or something. And then boop, there goes the gun. So I've been very, very fortunate to have this lock. Now, the funny part is now that I have a lock and I don't realize I have one, I go like this while I'm doing drills and stuff before I teach. So I have to always remember to make sure I unlock it. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very happy to bring those guys on. We just, I don't have a hundred percent confirmation from them yet. And, uh, so that's why I didn't bring them up earlier, but dude, I'm ready. How about you? I'm there. I'm definitely ready looking at everything. Still got some stuff to do, but we'll get there. My job's done. I'll do nothing else. Whatever. <laughs> Your job is yeah. my job just started, dude. What are you talking about? I'm like, oh God, like, I gotta two weeks. I'll be I gotta go put the I gotta put the sales face on. So oh yep, at the shot show. That's it, brother. All right, I'm man. I'll make it there with you. All right, guys. Well, Todd, you got anything else? You want to say goodbye? Um, yeah, goodbye. <laughs> I have no clue what else, but we covered a lot. Um, the one thing I guess we got spicy there at the end, but I will tell you from all my conversations are listening, I can't tell you what they're going to do, but I can tell you that they are listening. So the board. That's good. I hope so. I, um, I love this sport, man. I love the people in the sport. Uh, I don't care what organization it is. Um, honestly, I, I love shooting. I love this sport. I love coaching. Um, it is what it is. I don't make any money off of USPSA. I make money off my own back, my hard work, my, my promotional, my, uh, my teaching skills, all those different things. I don't, I don't make a dime off USPSA and USPSA is the league that most of my students come from, but they don't pay me a dime. They don't promote me. Actually, if anything, they promote me less than any of the other top guys or coaches. Um, you know, that's just how it is in that place. So again, I probably agree with 90% of the stuff that's out there, but I don't need to keep talking about it, man. I just want to make change. I want to see change. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Uh, I love the sport. I don't, I don't see any reason to just be negative all the time. It doesn't do me any good. It just pisses me off and makes me not want to shoot the, shoot the sport. And, uh, you know, I don't shoot this sport for, for the board of directors. I shoot this sport for me. I shoot this for my students. I shoot this for my friends. I don't shoot for USPSA. I shoot for me. So if we keep that in mind when we are on the range or when we are at home on the internet, I think you would see a giant difference in the attitude um, in the board of directors. I, I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe I'm just being naive and I'm trying to be positive about something. But uh, as far as I'm concerned, I'm going to stay positive about shit because that's the way I like to be in life anyway. Yeah, but I agree. All right, guys. Thank you for watching. Um, if you guys are looking for online training or even classes, I have a bunch of classes going on already. Uh, make sure you hit up the website, tcsacoaching.com. Website is tcsacoaching.com. Make sure you check it out. I have an online course. I just started a big dry fire section in there. I definitely know that I'm doing something different in my dry fire that most other people aren't just the way I have it structured. It's still dry fire. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I'm not, I didn't come up with some new like magic dry fire series or anything, but uh, I structured it a lot different. Um, something that I feel like would keep you motivated. Uh, I'm, I'm super happy about how everything's turning out. I'm actually getting ready to, to edit two more videos after this. Well, 
tomorrow since I don't have time to do it tonight since we had a three hour podcast, which you won't know until it's the third one. Um, but I'm excited to kind of get everything done here and uh, get to talk about South Carolina a little bit. We have probably another two more months before this bad boy rips off. But uh, if you haven't signed up for South Carolina, I highly recommend that you do. Uh, we definitely need staff for South Carolina, yeah. so I highly recommend you sign up for that as well. Uh, you'll be on the wait list if you sign up. But that's what I was going to say. I'm like, <laughs> that's all right. I want yeah. 400 people on the wait list, bro. We got to keep it rolling. Um, we we definitely we definitely need staff uh, just to kind of make sure we have enough for the match, but we want more just in case somebody drops out, which we don't have enough for that. Uh, again, I'm I plan on helping Todd make this match bigger and bigger every year. If you're a vendor and you're looking to be promoted for the next three months and you really want to come out and have your gear checked out, let me know. It's uh, tcsacoaching.com or Tom Castro. Nope, just kidding. tcsacoaching at gmail.com. Three and a half hours of this podcast is getting me tired. So, um, yeah, definitely check us out. Check out our match. Check out everything I got going on online. If you have any questions, hit me up in those comments, and I'll see you on the range.